Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to LettermanRow.com. I am Jeremy Birmingham. That is Spencer Holbrook. This is Talking Stuff, the Ohio State Recruiting Podcast brought to you by Buyers Automotive. Uh, Spencer and I are... Uh, looking at the end of the dead period, it's finally uh, arriving in short order at the end of May. Um, and with that news, Spencer, we got our first glimpse of, of kids getting back into the horseshoe this past weekend for the Ohio State spring game. It wasn't like Florida State or Alabama or one of these places that has a giant rush of kids, but it was still important for Ohio State to get a handful of players uh, from the 2021 class who hadn't been able to visit uh, the 2022 class who have been waiting to visit. And the 2023 class, including three of the four in-state offers, Josh Padilla, Luke Montgomery, and Sonny Styles, all the opportunity to spend a day together in Ohio Stadium, getting to, you know, just really kind of hang out. And when you're talking about 15-year-old, 16-year-old kids, just getting to know each other on that personal level away from the Zooms and FaceTimes is so important. Yeah, and this is kind of like, I don't know, I really want to say a new normal because we expect to have more people in the horseshoe. We expect to have visitors on on uh, campus here in the next couple months. But, you know, the opportunity to be on campus and to see the horseshoe, even though it's not rocking as, you know, if Michigan or Penn State was in the building and it's only 20,000 fans, but it's still an opportunity just to see, you know, there are some fans, there's football being played on the turf, there's coaches on the sidelines. They couldn't talk to them, but it just felt a little more normal. Uh, I was pretty happy for those guys just to be able to to be able to get together for, you know, maybe the first time. I don't know if they've gotten if they've gotten to know each other, you know, through Zoom or through Twitter or, you know, whatever they talk through. Nowadays, we're kind of old, so we don't really know. Uh, but, yeah, it was, it was just nice to see. You know, there's a lot of kids yeah. in the stands and, and uh, there were more recruits there than I thought there would be because I thought there were going to be none. So we got yeah. Yeah, and it's actually a good thing. Luke Montgomery and Sonny Styles, for example, those two have talked about really making a number of trips together in June um, around the country. And those are kids that are interested in Ohio State, Notre Dame, you know, the same types of schools. And um, they're they're going to have um, a real, uh, you know, pull, a real attachment to one another by the time this is all said and done. And it's what we've talked about over and over is that, Ohio-based kids have an opportunity to really start the class, and that's why Ryan Day and the Buckeyes offer them so early. It's because they want those guys to serve as the foundation. So for Luke Montgomery, for Josh Padilla, for Sonny Styles, to Brennan Vernon to a degree who did not visit this weekend. He had thought about it but then had some family stuff come up. These opportunities to sit and just talk and get to know each other and make sure that their personalities mesh are really important. Montgomery, and I've written about it on on the website, is one of these kids that is sort of a Pied Piper, CJ Hicks type of uh, Captain Buckeye potentially down the road where you know that if this kid's involved, he's going to be trying to to get people to to work with him. And it's funny because most of those connections he's made are through basketball. That's how Luke got to know Sonny Styles and the Peyton Kirkland, who was on Bermanology um, this week. Peyton Kirkland is a kid who – Luke Montgomery met on the AAU circuit in basketball when 
Peyton Kirkland lived in Chicago. Like it's just weird things that you just don't know how it seems like he knows everyone. And so there's a, a real um, chance for him to, to kickstart that class. If Luke decides he wants to be the first one to commit. Um, but we talk about like the importance of, of these kids getting to know each other and be around each other. Jordan Hancock, who made his first visit to Ohio state uh, since committing to the school with his family, you know, he wasn't allowed to talk to the coaches during his visit, but he was able to meet up with Jalen Johnson and Jalen Johnson is sort of the reason that Jordan Hancock flipped from Clemson. So it's just those, those bonds are important to, to be able to cement. Yeah. You hit the nail on the head there, you know, getting these guys together to be able to start to build that class and say, Hey, you know, this could be us in a couple of years, you know, at, at Ohio state, you know, with Luke Montgomery, with Sonny Styles, you know, those are two guys that we're starting to get the feel Ohio state must land in the 2023 class. They would be, you know, great, first pieces for a recruiting class, especially Montgomery, because like you said, he's such a outspoken guy. He would be a great recruiter, a great foundational piece. It's just interesting that, that the spring game when, you know, you know, Ohio state wasn't passing out tickets to recruits by any means. It's just kind of interesting how they all found a way to get there and to be able to, to make those connections and to be able to talk to each other. And then for Jordan Hancock, I still kind of feel bad for him because, you know, he's I already terrible for him. He's already ridiculous. signed. He's sitting in on meetings. He's doing everything he can as basically an early enrollee, you know, from a thousand miles away and still can't talk to coaches that it just doesn't make any sense. But but that might be a time for another show or, or for later in this show or whatever. Yeah, I mean, it would be a, it'd be interesting to hear the rationale behind the NCAA's decision to not allow signed prospects to talk to coaches when they're on visits, when they are able to have workout plans and they're able to have playbooks and they're able to sit in on meetings via Zoom or like what, I don't understand that at all, but none of those things really matter. And uh, the NCAA does not care one lick about what I think. So, um, you know, we're talking about the weekends and, and the importance of these kids getting back into campus. And We've talked a little bit about the June 4th weekend already, which is now shaping up to be the, the biggest one for the class of 2022 for Ohio State. Um, you know that right now all all 11 commits are expected to be in attendance with their official visits. And, you know, what's going to be fascinating to watch is whether or not Ohio State and the commits knowing that Keontae Goodwin is now committed to Kentucky, as we have been talking about the last few weeks, that, that was going to happen. Um, now that he is committed to Kentucky, but is in, been telling everyone he's still going to take official visits, is that a weekend that you can get someone like Keontae Goodwin to make a visit when you have all 11 of your commits there? Because, uh, I mean, I, I know that Keontae Goodwin had a good relationship with Kentucky, but I, I can't help but wonder if maybe there was a an opportunity somewhere for Ohio State to be like, hey, we told you the dead period was going to end. Everyone else told you the dead period was going to end. And then, you know, you were told by one or two schools that it wasn't, you know, maybe there's a reason they didn't want you to think it was going to end. Um, but now you have all 11 of your commitments coming into town and it's a pretty short trip from Louisville up to Columbus. And you wonder if the Buckeyes can make that weekend that much bigger by getting players like Keontae Goodwin into town. Yeah, and when you have guys like, you know, Tegra and C.J. Hicks and the foundational piece of the recruiting class and you add in Caleb Burton and Quinn Ewers, I mean, that's kind of a tantalizing group to be around if you're, 
if you're a guy like Keonta Goodwin, where, you know, you're going to see all these five stars and these guys that have potential winning a national championship. And then, you know, you go, you might go somewhere else to another school on your next official visit and you see the guys that you might be playing with. And then you have to kind of maybe sit back and, and really think about where you're, where you want to play or what you want to do. I, I just think that that's kind of an interesting, you know, bargaining chip for Ohio state where if you get him on campus with some of those commits that are already locked into the class and you say, this is who you could play with. That is really hard to turn down. And, and I just think that that Ohio state would be wise to really push for that opening weekend of June to, to get him on campus. Yeah, and it's not just the commits. I mean, you also have the top target at defensive end and Amari Abor visiting that weekend. You have Xavier Wampa and Zion Branch both visiting that weekend. Um, you know, you have a, a class full of top targets uh, visiting Emil Wagner, Dominic James, Toriana Pride. You got like your top players at every position that are coming in at that time. And for a class that is sort of, I don't want to say stuck in neutral right now, but obviously not a lot has happened, but that's sort of by design. Um, Ohio State really wanted to make sure they didn't overreact to this dead period uh, in, in the months of April and May. Um, that is sort of that weekend where you're like, oh boy, we got to really go. We got to go right now. And so not only are you have the 11 commits coming in town, but you have, again, your top target on the defensive line. Uh, your top target at cornerback, your couple of your top targets on the offensive line. Um, and so you just really hope that the Buckeyes are also still hoping that Caden Curry can visit that weekend. And if, if he's not playing baseball that weekend, I can almost assure you he will be making his official then as well. So like it, it has the makings of, of a class defining weekend for Ohio State. And uh, I don't think that it has the same feel to it if Keontae Goodwin isn't there. I think one thing that, that we should mention before we go any further with this discussion is that weekend may not result in instant commitments. Uh, be just because, you know, guys, it'll be new, the, the dead period will be over. Guys will probably want to take a couple visits after that, but that weekend could define whether Ohio State can land some of these top targets. And I think that's that's a huge step for the program to, to get back into the swing of recruiting in person and make it a big splash right away. Say, hey, we're, we're going all in right away. We, we really need to pick up the pace in this 2022 class. I think the class has a chance to do that. But like you said, if Keonta Goodwin isn't there, the, the, the weekend won't feel hollow, but at the same time, it might feel a little hollow just because he's the guy at offensive tackle. Yeah, and right now, I mean, it, it means nothing, but the Ohio State class has fallen behind uh, and is now number two in the country behind Georgia, who has 12 commitments. Ohio State has 11 Ohio State has four or five stars in the class of 2022. Georgia has two, but Georgia has uh, picked up the pace a little bit, and they have a very slim lead over the Buckeyes as the country's top-ranked class, according to the 247 Sports Rankings. That weekend, when you have Xavier Wampa, when you have Zion Branch, when you have Amario Abor, when you have all these guys coming to town, you have an opportunity to really make a huge, huge splash. And that is a weekend that Spencer and I will be talking about a lot over the next four or five weeks until it happens. So. Um, I don't want to beat the bush around too much about that right now because it is still five weeks away. Um, and, and we have a couple of things we want to get to from Twitter and whatever. But, you know, the other thing that people keep asking about, there's two things. So let's just dive right into those, Spencer. The two, the two names people want to ask about every time we ask for recruiting questions of the day or questions for talking stuff are Henry to O to O and JT to Milau. Nothing has changed on either one of those fronts. And I wish that there was something to tell you folks, but there's just not. Um, one thing that, that you can, I guess, look for now is that the spring 
practices are over at Ohio State, um, and maybe that accelerates the timeline for To'o There is still conversation about Alabama with him. I, I don't personally believe it's an Ohio State-Alabama battle right now. I, I could be completely wrong. I have been wrong before. It's not like I'm infallible, but um, the people I talk to at Ohio State seem to still be very confident that they think that you know, he's feeling good about the relationship he has with the Buckeyes. Um, when exactly we're looking at a timeline for that, it could be any time. I would expect something probably in May. However, I don't think he's going to wait till June. Who is waiting until June? Uh, JT Tuimilau. I think there's an extra owl in there, Bern. I heard it a couple times from some people who, you know, are, are – are out there and in the know, and I heard an extra owl on there, and now I just, my entire world has been flipped upside down. Whatever, JTT is going to make his official visits in June, and when exactly that happens, we don't know. His athletic seasons are all uh, uh, in flux. The likelihood is, and this is just trying to put the pieces together, he's going to take multiple official visits all in a row, and then go home, make a decision, and then be on campus somewhere the next week. Like that's pretty much the way it's going to have to go for him to be on a college campus by the end of June when all these 2021 kids need to be there. So um, not much is going to happen. I don't know, Spencer, if it matters like when Ohio State gets the visit. I don't know if it matters if they're first or last or any of those things. Because right now, this, this relationship and this recruitment has just been such a slow burn that I don't think it's going to make a difference no matter which places he visits, when he visits them. He's going to obviously step back and lay out the cards on the table and make a, a very cautious, very informed, and very um, slow decision. But we do know, Berm, the, the one thing that we do know in this entire recruitment is that the Ohio State visit is the key to everything. If I think if he would have visited Ohio State at some point in this recruitment – he might have made a decision one way or another, you know, but if he would have already been to Ohio State, this thing could already be wrapped up. Yeah, he, I mean, that, I think a that, lot of people believe that. Yeah, I agree. That visit to Ohio State is the key. And as soon as he makes that visit, visit to Ohio State, you have to start to wonder, OK, if it's a, if it was a good visit, a positive visit, maybe there's a commitment coming. If it wasn't if it was, you know, an average visit or whatever term you want to use, maybe he has some he has some thinking to do. But from all accounts that we've heard so far throughout this entire saga, I guess is what you could call it now, the key to everything was he wanted to get to Ohio State. His family wanted to get to Ohio State. That seems like it's going to be able to happen in June, and that's a big step forward because we just haven't had that in the last year plus of even chatter about when that could happen. Yeah, and it's not about – I mean, it, it is going to happen in June. If it happens anywhere, it's going to be in June. The, the dead period is ending May 31st. There's going to be one month of, of open recruiting, and then they're going to go right back to a dead period in July. So, like, you're going to just see an absolute mad dash of kids around the country, but none of them are going to be as interesting to watch as JT Tui Milalau. Milalau. I don't know. That guy in the, in the comments will tell us, and I appreciate you every single time, sir, but it's just something in my head that prevents me from remembering the phonetic breakdown. Tui me low owl. You say the owl. O and then owl. So it's Tui me low owl. Oh, owl. Okay. Okay. I mean, I'll let you just say it from now on. We'll okay. just do that. I'll be like, Spencer, who are we talking about today? And you'll be like, this guy. And then I'll just go, that's correct. So <laughs> that that's, that's going to be the way we handle it from now on, folks. Um, Spencer, let's just dive 
now into a couple of questions we got on the Twitter today. And I think it's important uh, that we always engage with the fans and make sure that people know that we are reading your stuff and, and your questions and your thoughts. Um, as per usual, I don't really, I'm not going to know what question Spencer is asking me to respond to. So go. Okay, go. So I have this one that's actually kind of, you know, it's kind of uh, up to date, even though it happened before the spring game. But I think the spring game shed some light on this because now we've got questions about quarterbacks. And so yeah. it does trickle into recruiting. So Zachary Pop asks, do you have any concerns about quarterback recruiting, long-term quarterback depth issues? It's tough to ask a five-star quarterback to sit for two years or lose a starting spot as a junior, What, which could happen to McCord in theory with C.J. Stroud or Jack Miller and then Quinn Ewers. Do you have any concerns about the long-term depth of the quarterback room when it comes to recruiting? I do. Uh, so yeah, yeah, sure. You have to. And I, I don't think that it's an Ohio state problem. I think that's a college football problem. And I, I don't think that's going to change. I think if you look back into the early two thousands where like USC had the run of Carson Palmer, Matt Leiner, um, they had that backup who never played there, Matt, Matt Castle or whatever, who got drafted, like, those things are just not going to happen anymore. These kids, you're not going to have four or five deep in the quarterback room the way that school is used to for very long. And that's to say Ohio State is doing anything wrong. Their goal should be get the best player at the position every single year and then let it, let it sort out from there. But I think if you have two guys that are really good players at that position right now, you're in a much better spot than almost every other school in the country because everyone else is fighting to hold on to one. So, you know, it, it's a good spot to start from if you're Ohio State, but clearly there are decisions that are going to be made by these three quarterbacks that are currently on the roster and figure out what's the best situation for them. Um, college football with the free transfer now happening and being allowed to transfer one time uh, penalty free and without having to sit out, there's going to be a lot of decisions that kids make on a whim. Uh, there's going to be a lot of times when schools probably tamper in a way that people are just going to have to get used to. And it, it's easy for, for those quarterbacks to to go to Ohio state for a year, two years, learn from Ryan day, figure out things a little bit, and then go be a starter somewhere else. I mean, LSU won a national championship because Joe Burrow did that. And I don't think that that's lost on anyone. Um, but again, I, I think that Ryan day's stated goal has been to have four scholarship quarterbacks on the roster every year at Ohio state. And anymore, I just don't think that's even possible. I really don't. I mean, you have the three right now. You have Quinn Ewers coming in in December. But we, we're all crazy, I think, to even assume that all of those guys are going to be on the roster come next spring. Yeah, those four will not be in the same quarterback room. I will be stunned if all four of those guys were in the same quarterback room at once. I mean, that's just – and that's not to say, you know, I'm not going to pick who's transferring. We're not in the business of, of trying to dissect who's going to transfer and who's not. We will never do that on this show right. or on Letterman Row at all. But, you know, those it's just not possible for all four of those guys to be in the same quarterback room. It, you just – you don't have that anymore in college football, and that's not a knock on any of these guys. There are 130 FBS schools, and all of them need a quarterback. And all of them – there are probably 125 of them that would like to have the backup at Ohio State. So, I mean, there's probably just, there's probably a hundred of them that would like to have whoever ends up being third on the I mean, this is it, Ohio State's third string quarterback, whoever that ends up being at the start of this upcoming season could probably start at 100 schools in the country. 
And so people are, it's, it, it is certainly a concern long-term. Um, but as long as Ohio state keeps recruiting the best player, it can recruit at that position every year, then from there, you just let the chips fall where they may. And, and you can't really worry too much about how to manage the roster or how to manage egos in order to prevent, you know, or mitigate the, the, the adjusting or the you know attrition because it's going to happen. So you just need to keep recruiting the best players you can get. Let the, these kids know, hey, the reason that you're here is because we can develop you the best, even if it is for two years, even if it's for three or four, then then move on if that's what you have to do. But the goal is find the best players, let them compete, and then let the chips fall where they may. And, and so um, anything else beyond that right now is I think just kind of a fool's errand because you you simply are not going to have four deep quarterback rooms around the country anymore. You're just not. Look at Michigan. I mean, uh, I look at what happened to Michigan in the last year. Cade McNamara comes in and plays essentially one and a half games, and Joe Milton and Dylan McCaffrey are gone. And, you know, I, I, I don't want to compare the quality of the program at Michigan to Ohio State right now, but that is what happens everywhere. There's too many opportunities out there for kids. Uh, too many coaches that are new in, in their jobs that are looking for new players. And it's just the, the uh, Kansas state. I think I saw it on Monday night, the coach of Kansas state said he, it, moving forward, he's going to only be signing 15 high school players a year because he wants to save room for 10 transfer portal guys every year. The, the, the game of college football is changing in a way that people are going to have a tough time with over the next handful of years. And, uh, it's it's best exemplified at the quarterback position because it is so obvious that there's only one guy who can play. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Yeah, I think, you, I think we covered that pretty well. Thanks, Zachary, for the question. Uh, then Travis asks, how many receivers will Ohio State take in the upcoming class considering, and this is something I didn't even really consider, considering Mookie Cooper transferred and G. Scott is going tight end. How many wide receivers could Ohio State take a couple? I mean, I, before you start, Berm, I mean, I'll preface this with they're going to lose Jalen Harris, Elijah Gardner. They're going to lose Chris Olave. They're going to lose Garrett Wilson. Uh, if Jamison Williams somehow has a breakout season with in that crowded wide receiver room, you could see him make a dash to the NFL there could be a lot of turnover on the roster at the wide receiver position after this year. And it could still be a loaded, a loaded room, but there could be some turnover. Well, Jamison Williams is a senior, isn't he? No, he's a junior, he's a junior. right? So he came in 2019. So um, yeah, you, you're losing a handful of guys, obviously, but there's a lot of guys there that can still play. You don't know what's going to happen with Cameron Babb. Um, we don't know what exactly the plan is, as you mentioned with Jamison Williams. Even with G. Scott moving to tight end, like there's still plenty of dudes there uh, with Caleb Burton and Keon Grace committed. The goal right now, and this is obviously can change at any moment, uh, the goal right now is for Ohio State to sign three receivers in the class of 2022. But maybe there's more attrition coming than people are expecting, and so then that changes things. But right now, the targets remain C.J. Williams, Kojo Antwi, and uh, – 
like Caleb Brown out of Chicago. Those are the main three. And then there's there's still conversation with Caden Saunders, the Penn State commit, who I really like and I think is a player that is very interesting. But I have the same question about Caleb Brown that I do Caden Saunders, and it's how does that smaller receiver right now fit into the Ohio State offense? Because if you look at the guys that they're bringing in, the Marvin Harrisons, the Emeka Abukas, the Jaden Ballards, the uh, Julian Flemings, the, these are all six foot one, six foot two, at least guys. And so it changes a little bit based on, on the offense. This isn't Urban Meyer's offense anymore. And so I think you're trying to figure out a way to bring in a player like Caden Saunders or like Caleb Brown, or even like Mookie Cooper, who obviously couldn't find his niche in the offense in the year he was at Ohio state. Um, and uh, unless you have an answer to that, I don't know exactly if Caleb Brown or Caden Saunders type player fits. Uh, I, I think that someone like Caden Saunders could be like a KJ Hill type. If he's able to get bigger, um, you know, and get up to that 200, 205 pound mark. But right now he's like 170 and you just don't know how his, how his speed changes. He's obviously very fast. He ran a four, three, one at the best of the Midwest in January, but um, it, there there's discussion around it, but big picture, three guys and the two that we've talked about the longest are CJ Williams and Kojo Latu. And just to add to that in for just really quick, it's interesting to me because the KJ Hill receiver type was an urban Meyer holdover and was, you know, put into Ryan Day's offense after Urban Meyer left, and he did really yeah. well there. But at the same time, now you see a bigger body like Garrett Wilson. You see a bigger body like Jackson Smith and Jigba doing it really, really well in the slot. And you just wonder, does Ohio State need a slot receiver type body like 5'10", 5'11", when, the same, when 6'1", and 6'2", can run in the slot and do the same things, but ha- can also play on the outside? I mean, you look at Caleb Burton. The way they're recruiting, and Emeka Ibuka, the way they're recruiting – for that slot receiver, it, it's really a position that can go outside, can come inside, can can do motions, can block. Like it's it's not the typical, you know, what we're used to five ten five eleven slot receiver anymore. It's a big body who can also run in the slot. And so I just don't know if there's a a, a place in that in the offense anymore for five ten five eleven wide receivers. And that you know, it, it sucks for those guys, but that's just the way Ohio State's recruiting. The way football's going. I mean, the, the whole goal is to find bigger guys who can run faster. Like that's that's the name of the game. Uh, it, it speaks to what we've talked about for the last two years, and that's positionless football. The Buckeyes are not recruiting necessarily an X receiver. They're recruiting a receiver. They're recruiting a guy who can do all the things they need to do. And when you're at a place like Ohio State right now, that you are the cream of the crop, you can get six foot two, two hundred and ten pound receivers who run a four three. And you don't need to find a five foot nine hundred and seventy pound receiver who can run a four three because that doesn't always last very long in the Big Ten because uh, those guys hit pretty hard because Ohio State has linebackers who are six foot four two hundred and forty pounds and run a four five so like you're constantly looking for bigger faster stronger guys and um, I think if anything even at a place like Alabama where we saw Devonte Smith this last year who was obviously not a a big bodied wide receiver. He's still six foot one, still a kid that can, can really move around on the offense and you've got to have someone that can play both spots. So um, that that's really the, the goal right now. And that's why CJ Williams at six foot two, 195 pounds, Kojo Antwi at six one, 200 pounds are the guys that really make more sense at this point. All right, Berm, I've got one more for you. One more. Let's do it. Who is somebody that fans don't know about yet or aren't watching that they should be, 
in Ohio or in the Midwest, maybe an under the radar recruit that that you see a lot, and you've been to some camps now in the last couple of months. Who's somebody that's that's kind of caught your eye that that you don't really hear a lot about yet? Well, again, this is sort of one of those things, Spencer, because right now we are waiting and waiting and waiting to actually get to evaluate people and get people back on the trail. Like we don't see a lot of these 2022 kids out yet. Even at the Under Armour camps and stuff, it's mostly the 23s and 24s and 25s you're looking at. Um, I think the one guy that I, I find interesting, just based on the fact that Ohio State is clearly looking aggressively for defensive tackles uh, after offering Hero Canoe and uh, Chris, McC- Chris McClellan. And um, there's another defensive tackle in the class of 2022 they just offered, whose name is escaping me. Um, there is a clear need at this juncture for defensive tackles. And I think that's why Derek Shepard, who is a teammate of CJ Hicks, um, and committed to Cincinnati as a player that I think we should probably just keep paying attention to. Uh, he, he's, I, I've seen him a handful of times. He's up to, you know, he's six foot three, he's 300 pounds. He's a really, really good looking athlete and someone that I think in a normal world probably would have had a real opportunity to get a chance to hang out with and be recruited by and coached by Larry Johnson at multiple camps over the last few years. And had he been given that opportunity, I think that we'd have a better sense of exactly where he stands uh, in the Ohio State mind. But I do know that the Buckeyes are interested in in him and he is going to be camping or working out for the Buckeyes at some point this summer. Um, you know, if you have new offers going out to Curtis Neal, to Chris McClellan, to Hero Canoe, there's clearly a thought that they need another defensive tackle in this class. Um, Curtis Neal said that he told he was told that Ohio State wants three defensive tackles in this class. Right now, they don't have any. So one of them, if if you talk about Caden Curry as a combo, a hybrid, you know, strong side defensive end, defensive tackle, you maybe still need three other guys. So um, I, I think that the numbers are in in a good position for Derek Shepard, and I think uh, his work ethic and the fact that he's from Ohio. The fact that uh, the Buckeyes are not going to be really able to be in the battle for the Walter Nolans or the Travis Shaws, who just don't seem they just don't seem like that's going to happen. Uh, there has to be other guys, and there's all these little moving parts like Christian Miller in Georgia, who we've talked about. You know, it, it, he's on probably Ohio State, USC, or Georgia. I think are the top three there. If Georgia happens to lose Michael Williams to Alabama, which has been rumored, then all of a sudden maybe they go all in for Christian Miller. There's all these little things that can change, but I think the fact that Ohio State needs three defensive tackles or wants three defensive tackles in the class, the fact that Derek Shepard is right down the road, the fact that he has changed his body considerably in the last year plus, he he certainly looks more like an Ohio State defensive tackle. Um, it, and the fact that he has straight up said they, they want him to come camp and, and work out for them this summer. At least there's a thought in their mind that he could be that guy. So I, I'm going to go with Derek Shepard. All right. That sounds pretty good. He, I, I saw him last year at the Fortress at Obets when we, we went to the camp. Um, I can't remember what camp it was. Uh, yeah, the UC we, camp. Yeah. 
Yeah, and and he looked like a guy that that you could see it, but it just wasn't there yet. You could see that it could happen for him. The light could come on for him. And you know, and now that he has changed his body a little bit in the last year, he's getting some attention. You know, if Cincinnati's taking a guy, he's at least a high group of five level player, maybe a a, a Big Ten level player at, at some schools. And if he continues to progress, and if Larry Johnson likes what he sees out of him, that is a guy who is an in-state kid who could really use camps to, to bolster that, that uh, composite ranking to, to really catch the attention of Ohio state and, and maybe catch an offer eventually. And, you know, I would think if, if he is impressive at, in any of his camps that he goes to, or anytime Ohio state is able to see him, I, I you, you just have to think that, that there's an offer maybe on the table. Yeah. And that's one of the things that if, ironically it may work against him that he's committed to Cincinnati because Larry Johnson has a, such a respect for Luke fickle. Um, and such a respect for Cincinnati as a program that maybe there's an idea that the Buckeyes don't want to push and try to recruit a kid that's committed to UC. But um, I guess we'll have to see. That's going to have to be generally up to Derek Shepard as to what he wants to do down the road. Um, if there's another player like in the class of 2022 that maybe we don't talk enough about, it might be Ephesians uh, Prysock, a, a defensive back out in California who I think – has a very high and sincere interest in Ohio State. And, and he's a guy that I think if Ryan Turner or Toriano Pride, if those two fall away by any chance, if, if Toriano Pride ends up at Clemson or Ryan Turner surprises everyone and picks Boston College, for example, or uh, like there, there's an opportunity for someone like Ephesians, who has a pretty interesting name, uh, to be um, really elevated up the Ohio State board at cornerback. So that's the other one I would think is worth maybe just monitoring as we head into the summer. The best name on the board right now, in my uh, if, Ephesians Prysock is pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I can't. Think uh, of you know what else, else from this? Uh, you know what else? The name is good. Spencer Holbrook. That's him. I'm me, Jeremy Birmingham. This has been Talking Stuff, the Ohio State Recruiting Podcast, brought to you by Buyers Auto. Thanks for watching. Please rate, review, subscribe. Head over to LettermanRoad.com for all your Ohio State football coverage. We'll talk to you guys soon. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.